Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. I want you to scoot down down to verse 25. These are the gates in heaven, the New Jerusalem. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there'll be no night there. So, here's what you want to write. Heaven is a safe place. Now, when there's safety, there's no fear. There's always what? Peace. Peace that's beyond our understanding. How many of you, when you leave your home, do you leave the doors unlocked? How about when you go to bed? While there was a time when that could be done in this country, sadly, those days are gone for the most part. In the Apostle John's time, cities had walls with gates and guards to protect them. Pastor Mark will be teaching about Jesus showing John what the new Jerusalem will be like. You'll discover that it's going to be quite a different city than what you're used to seeing. You'll learn what living on earth is going to be like when God is in full control of things, with no sin whatsoever. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Revelation chapter 20 as he continues his message, Heaven, Our Eternal Home. What I think is so great is that he's writing and Jesus says, don't put the pen down. Notice, look at the last verse. Look at the last part of it again. Just write this down for these words. What words? The whole book of Revelation are trustworthy and what? True. You can bet your life that the word of God is all true. Even though we don't understand a lot of it. It's all true. It's not lies. It's trustworthy. And I think that's just a great thing. Now, realistically, what is God telling John to write? He says, remember, that's more than 2,000 years ago. John, write this for future believers. That's us right here. So they would know that these words are trustworthy and true. Nobody needs to doubt the word of God that we're studying. By the way, the next generation, when they read this, Will it still be true to your grandchildren? Will it still be true? Yes, it will. That's why Jesus said, write it down. It's all true. It's going to happen. I told you we're doing the kind of the helicopter thing. Just that we're hitting the highlights. If you want to do some more study, I encourage you just do like the New Living Translation and read chapter 21 and 22. It's filled with lots of changes and lots of things you can do. So I just encourage you to read a little more of that as what's in store for heaven. Now, the reason I'm not doing it, because we'd be here for another three or four weeks, and some of this we'll never understand until we get there anyway. But here's what I want to say. The Bible doesn't answer every one of our questions. 
Only God's all-knowing, especially about heaven. But it does tell us that heaven will be a place of supreme happiness and joy. We can be sure of that because God always says in the word of God, he will supply us with everything that we need to make us happy there. Here is a verse you need to understand. When you get down and you're wondering, is this world worth it? Is serving Christ really worth it? Is going to heaven going to be really worth it? Look at this verse. Let's read it together. In thy presence is what? Fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures for how far? For how long? For eternity. What does that mean? We don't know. It means it's always going to be there. Don't you ever say heaven's going to be boring. Impossible. Impossible. And you'll see another verse that comes along. It's going to be Incredible. But see, it's not just about the gold streets and the, all the jewels and all that. You know who it's about? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Because that's why we got there. And we'll always be thankful for the rest of eternity. Because God gave us an opportunity to accept the gospel. Now, The Bible actually says that heaven is far greater and more wonderful than anyone can possibly imagine. Let me read it to you. You can write it down if you want the verse. 1 Corinthians 2.9. Paul writes it like this. Again, Paul writes this. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. This is the big one. No mind has conceived. You've never thought about it. You never will think about it. I will never think about it in my mind. What God has prepared for those who love him. You can't. I can't. You'll never wrap it around your mind. It's absolutely impossible because it's perfect. It's supernatural. In other words, anything we've experienced on earth is good, but it's super insignificant. Compared with the joy God has in store for us. I want you to just smile with your neighbor. Turn to him and say, our new heaven and earth is going to be way, just do it like that, way better. Come on, everybody, come on, do it right. Come on, let me see you. Yeah. If you're watching, no, they're not crazy. They're doing fine. How much better? Come on, here we go. How much better? Way better. Amen? How do I know? It's in the Word of God. It's trustworthy, and it's true. It's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. That's fantastic. Now, the hope of heaven motivates and gives us strength. That's why I had you to fool with that thing. Because sometimes we go, man, is this really worth it? Yes, it is. Now, our eyes haven't seen it, but we're reading about it. We can't comprehend it, but you know it's way better than anything. So that helps us through trials. Now, I want you to scoot on down to verse 25. These are the gates in heaven, the New Jerusalem. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there'll be no night there. So, here's what you want to write. Heaven is a safe place. Now, when there's safety... There's no fear. There's always what? Peace. Peace that's beyond our understanding. That's what Jesus said. I leave you my peace. Peace that's beyond our understanding. Well, we have it here, but we're really going to have it there. 
You see, the gates of the new city will be open. Why? Because there's no more crime. Why is there no more crime? Because there's no more sin. When you see our world, you can hardly count a country in our world anymore that there isn't disaster going on from the top to the bottom. It's just it's getting worse. We're getting closer, guys. Nobody can say when, but it doesn't look very good. It doesn't matter where you go. Look at Revelation 21, 22. Now, this is strange. John said, I saw no temple therein. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. So there's no need for a temple. Now, remember, the Jewish people, the presence of the Lord was in what? The inner area where only the high priest could go into. The other people, they never could go into that place at all. But the temple was a symbol of the presence of God. Now, in heaven, there's no temple. Why? Because you're walking with God every day. You say, well, how can he do that? Because <laughs> he's God. <laughs> he can go anywhere all the time. He's omnipresent. So there's no need for a temple. Well, I got to go to the temple today to worship. No, you don't have to go to the temple. He's walking around with us. Billions and billions of people. Can you imagine just the joy of that? Thanking God where we're at. Thank you, God, man, I made the right decision. Thank you. And that's going to be joyous, too, because I have no idea what the songs are going to be. But if you don't have a voice, you're going to get a voice there. And it's going to be untuned. Praise the Lord. Now, look at verse 23. That's why we have people volunteer up here and we run them through it, baby. Look at verse 23. Now, here's some more things that doesn't make any sense to us. And the city has no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb is its light. You don't have to go to your mailbox for FPL. There is none. Think of this. No sea, no light, no sun, no moon, no night, and no temple. Why? Because it's all taken care of, supernaturally, by God. See, we'll have a new earth and a new heaven that's beyond our really understanding. But there's more. Take a look at this one. We will have new, resurrected bodies. So it's not just about heaven. It's about you and I, a new body. It's obvious that our bodies and minds are imperfect. Paul talked about it. They're breaking down every day. We, we joke ourselves. As you get older, the tent is leaking. And I'll tell you what, today the tent was really leaking. As you think about this, and that's just the way it is. God never designed that. That sin's effects that rules our sinful world. And the Bible tells us, especially in First Corinthians, that we will receive new bodies in heaven. You'll never grow old. You'll never grow tired. You don't have to say, oh, i got to sit down and take a nap here because it's too long today. It's that that's never going to be. You'll never suffer disease or death. Anybody here happy that you're going to get a new body? Yeah, amen. Amen. What does the Bible say about our bodies? A couple things. Our new bodies will be imperishable, no longer subject to decay and aging. Think about 
your wife's cabinet in the bathroom? How many bottles of stuff are in there? Us guys just say, well, why do I get it matters, whatever. How many bottles are in there? And how much time is in there? I'm going to pay for this at home. Pray for me, would you? I might get a new body now. <laughs> I'm just trying to bring joke to you. That's true now. No need for it. None of it. Plus, Mike, I got my weights, baby. You don't need your weights. I mean, you want to look like me, just fantastic, just like this. Yeah, right. So this new body, it's hard for us to understand what that's going to look like. Here's the other one. People kind of wonder about this. Our new bodies will be recognizable. See who you are now? Your DNA will be there. Now, I have no idea how high you live, what your weight will be, none of that kind of stuff. Everybody talks about all this. Well, if a child goes there, are they going to be a child all eternity? I don't believe that. Now, there's all kinds of theories. I'm not going into that. But there's a lot of people that think somewhere in the area of 30. But again, even when we think about 30 years old, everybody becomes 30 years old. What do we already say about time? There is no time. So I don't know how all that works. But it's going to be perfect for you. You say, well, how do you know that our body will be recognizable? Well, remember on the transfiguration? The two Old Testament saints, they knew exactly who they were. They didn't wear a name tag. Now, when Jesus walked in the room, did they know who Jesus was in his new body? Absolutely knew who he was. So you have to understand that when we get in heaven, it's going to be about people. Since our minds are perfect, we'll have great memories. And we'll be knowledgeable. We'll recognize that person. Any of you, you, you see people and you go, I forgot their name. Now, it happens to be your spouse, you're in trouble. But how many of you would say, and Pastor Dave is great at this. How many of you would say, I'm not so good sometimes about people's names. Let me see your hand. Yeah, I hear people say, what was your name again? Good. John. Susie, good. The next time I see you, remind me again, because I will now remember that. And that sound familiar to anybody? And there we'll recognize everybody because we'll have perfect memory, perfect memory. And all of that will happen for us. Now, look at John 20, verse 19. I'll just read it to you. Don't go back there. We'll be in Revelation. On the evening of that first day of the first week, Jesus in his new body, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, what? Peace be to you. So what does that mean? We don't get all of this, but notice, our new bodies will be what? Supernatural, perfect, suited for heaven forever. And you think Jesus will like 48 steps to walk up to get to that place. Woof! He's right there. How about Sea of Galilee? He goes out to meet them. Whoop! Right there. He's there. He's got it. He knows where he's going. We'll be that way, too. I don't really know what that is. Now, there's some good books on heaven because they answer lots of questions. Our new bodies will enjoy eating. Could I hear amen from some people? Okay. The rest of you are going to be very thin. All right. Now, how do I know that? Because after Jesus was in his resurrected body, he ate many times. He ate. And... As I told you, maybe we're going to be vegetarians. I don't know if that's true or not. You know, eating straw, that kind of stuff. 
But Jesus ate what? He ate fish. So we'll just say, Jesus, that's supposed to be on the menu. Another blessing will be, and you all know this because of stress and all the rest of the stuff. I know this because of as a pharmacist. Number one, there will be no Weight Watchers. Amen. How about no acid reflux? You got an acid, boy, that really got me right here. None of that. I saw this one. This is a true thing. That One of the guys who wrote the great book about heaven, <laughs> all so many great questions. One of the questions, I can't remember exactly what it was. Will I be grouchy like I was on the earth? <laughs> I wouldn't answer that one. I like to see what the name was. But will we be grouchy? No, you're going to be you, but you're not going to have that old temperament. You're going to be joyful. Well, here was the other one a person asked. <laughs> true story, and he answered it. Will we drink coffee in heaven? <laughs> he said, Pastor Mike, you can't be heaven if there's no coffee when I get up in the morning. Well, remember, you aren't sleeping. It doesn't matter. There's no night. Well, no. Here the answer it was from the guy that wrote the book on heaven. Yes, there will be coffee because God created the earth and God, no doubt, planted coffee trees. Could be, could be. Here's how he really answered it at the end. First Timothy 1.17. God richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. So you can go home and say, praise the Lord, there's coffee in heaven. Now, tea, I don't know yet. So we'll have to see what happens. Okay. What should we do while we're waiting for heaven? We should do what God told us to do. Make disciples. You see, that's why God directed me. I was going to do the book of John, but he's directed me to the book of Acts. You understand, three times toward the end of the book of Revelation, you'll see this word. Christ says, I am coming quickly. So that means there should be a zeal in our hearts. For the people I was talking to before, about all those people who don't know God, we're in time. It moves incredibly fast. But these people need to hear God. Now, look at what Revelation 22, 7 says. Behold, I am coming soon. That means nothing to us. And, of course, the unbelievers say, well, yeah, he's been promising that for thousands of years. A day with the Lord is equal to a thousand years. Time is nothing. But he is coming. Blessed is he who keeps the words of this prophecy in this book. So everything we've taught from chapter 1 all the way through here, what you learned, what I learned as I taught, as I'm still learning, we have to keep it. And you see what it was about. Presenting the opposites all the way through. Heaven, hell. Sin, sin forgiven. Savior, no thank you. And the outcome, the decisions we make today turn around and make us tomorrow. And that's why it says this. So I have to be passionate. You have to be passionate about sharing the gospel. Look what verse 17 says. The spirit and the bride say the bride is the church. Come and let him who hears say, come. Whoever is thirsty, that's spiritual thirst, like the woman at the well. Let him come 
And whoever wishes, there's the choice. No matter how we witness to people, we can't make the choice for them. They have to make that choice. And let him who hears say, come, whoever thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. That's a word principle for salvation. Living water. How interesting to me that God gives his offer of grace and salvation to those who are spiritually thirsty. Now, who is spiritually thirsty in our world? Everyone that's not a believer. But they will never admit that because Satan is what? Blinded their eyes to that truth. But they know something isn't right because they were made to be with God. He put eternity in their heart. So God knows that people are searching for meaning, and only a personal relationship can give them a purpose in life. Now, I want to say something to you. When we did First Peter, we talked about living hope. Now, the world's definition for hope is very different than the biblical world. The world's definition for hope is like, well, I hope this diet will work. I hope. I hope. Here's one. I hope Miami might win one game this year. See, that's the hope. That's, I hope it'll stop raining or whatever. That's, a, that's not biblical. The biblical definition of hope is simply this. Confident expectation. It's going to happen. Now, why is the living hope that we have? Why is it living? Because Jesus Christ is living. He is the hope of the world. If he hadn't died on the cross, we have no hope. So we have to share with people, you can provide living hope. He's the only one that can do that. The whole book of Revelation is about one person, Jesus Christ. It's all about Jesus. That says to us, God, you absolutely have living hope for any person that knows they need Jesus Christ. Some of you are here and you don't have that hope. See, you ask people, you've heard me say this many times, and you could use this with a friend or relative. When you die, are you going to heaven? Well, I think so. I hope so. Well, no, you don't want to use it. Their word of hope is like I'm talking about with the weight, Miami and all that stuff. Well, I hope, it'll, I hope I'm good enough to get there. Well, you're not good enough. But notice what you just read there. Let him take the free gift of the water of life. Some of you are not a believer or you've walked away from God. I want you to be honest. God has a home. He's preparing for you. But you have a step to take. To get to heaven, you must receive God's free gift of salvation. You can't earn it. And here's what the verse is. Look at this verse new. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone and the new has In today's teaching, Pastor Mark reminded you of the faithfulness of God and His trustworthiness. You were told about the truth of the Bible and how even though the events and creatures described in Revelation aren't easy to understand, that they're going to happen. Pastor Mark talked about heaven, the Christ follower's final destination, and what's waiting for them. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. 
We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Well, this concludes Pastor Mark's teaching, Heaven, Our Eternal Home. It also closes out the series, Live Here Now, Then Live There Forever. We hope that these messages encouraged you to live a life more dedicated to finding out your role in God's plans and to become an even more useful part of your local assembly of Christ followers. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. And may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.